This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. You know, hair so iconic it needs no introduction. Jen's just a girl, just like us, and faces the same struggles we all do, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. My favorite in-shower product is the Intensive Repair Treatment because I'm so overdue for a trim and it's been so good for reducing breakage on my dead ends. The products are naturally derived, plant-based, and without silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, they're cruelty-free and vegan too. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolavie.com. As our loyal listeners, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your entire order when you use code FORTHEGIRLS at checkout. That's 15% off of your order at L-O-L-A-V-I-E dot com with promo code for the girls. Please note that you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. In just 10 seconds, how many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your hair. How about businesses on Shopify? When I first thought of starting my own business, I was so overwhelmed about having no idea how to start. But Shopify made it so easy, and now I have my own online store of feminine clothing and lingerie. Shopify is the global commerce platform that gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash for the girls all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash for the girls now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash for the girls. Settling is not an option. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? (laughs) Because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of For the Girls. I'm your host, Victoria Alario. And today's episode is so much fun. We're talking about dating and relationships with Alana Dunn, who is, well, you guessed it, a dating and relationships expert. She's also the host of Seeing Other People podcast. So some of you girls might know her. You might already be listeners of Seeing Other People. So if so, then you just know how amazing Alana is. And if you're not a listener of hers yet, if you've never heard of seeing other people then after this episode make sure to check it out because there is so much good content on there and be sure to subscribe and follow along because she actually interviewed me and that episode will be out in probably about two weeks so stay in the know with her content stay up to date and then you will be blessed (laughs) with an interview of Alana interviewing me on seeing other people coming out soon. And guess what? If anyone needs dating app inspo, this episode is for you because Alana is engaged to her fiance who she met through Hinge. Yes, it's real. You can get married. You can get engaged. You can have babies. You can do all the things with the guys that you are matching with on Hinge. So don't delete your profiles yet. But this conversation isn't only for the single girls who are hoping to meet somebody who are swiping through apps and going on all different dates. But it's even for those that are in relationships, especially those early dating stages, those who are constantly overthinking everything, running to the group chat, asking for advice, all that by the time that you're done listening with this episode you'll be learning exactly how to transform from being an anxious dater to feeling more secure within yourself within your relationships just 
in life in general. So this episode is for all the girls. I also just think most importantly, no matter what your relationship status is, I think this conversation will allow everyone to shift from a negative mindset around dating and men and relationships and all that to a really, really positive one. So I'm excited for you girls to hear this conversation. Also... This is the best announcement of this intro. This episode is not only for all the girls in general, but it's especially for the Jonas Brothers girls, okay? (laughs) Because we go on an entire Jonas Brothers tangent discussing wedding songs and all the things because we're just both obsessed with them. So let's get right into it. Okay, everyone, please welcome Alana to For the Girls. I am very, very, very excited for this collab. Alana, introduce yourself to the girls. Okay, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Hi, girls. I'm Alana Dunn. I am the host of Seeing Other People, which is a podcast about dating and relationships. And I also co-host the podcast Life in Progress with Carly Silverman. And Life in Progress is really all about everything we experience in our 20s, from career to friendship to dating to just all of the growing pains with getting older. And so... Other than that, I am a dating and relationships coach. I'm a content creator. I'm a dog mom and I'm getting married in June. Oh my God, June. I didn't realize it was so soon. It's coming up. The clock is ticking. (laughs) Okay. Is everything like done? Like now you're just, now it's just the countdown or? It's a never ending to-do list. Like I've never experienced anything like this. Everybody keeps saying like, oh, you've gotten all the big things done or like, oh, you'll get into a lull. I'm like, no, that (laughs) has not happened. I don't think that's going to happen but I'm in a really good place with it where everything that's left I like feel good about and I feel like I can have fun with it wow okay cool cool and we'll also talk about her own relationship because they matched on freaking hinge girl so if anybody needs some like motivation or inspo there it works but I want to talk about hinge in general as your experience with it because that's where you started off. So I, with your career, let's put that out there with your career. So I want to understand that, like, first of all, what made you even want to work there? And do you feel like working there, your experience on the back end side, like on the corporate side of, of Hinge actually helped you in your dating journey? Oh, I love that question. Okay. So to answer the first part of the question, how did I end up working there? I definitely did not set out to work at Hinge. I never set out to work in the dating space. I ended up working there or applying to this job there because my dating life was an absolute dumpster fire. I was more heartbroken than I knew was possible. I literally, I was working in the music industry and got my heart broken by a guy I worked with in Mm. the music industry. And I was like, I need to get as far away from this place as humanly possible. And I saw this role at Hinge, which was basically using all of the same skills like content creation on camera stuff that I was using. But instead of applying it to music, I was applying it to dating. And I was like, wow, if I could use what I know, my skills to help one single person not feel as terrible Mm -hmm. and heartbroken and lost and hopeless as I currently feel right now, how amazing would that be? And so I ended up getting this job at Hinge. My title when I started was video and content producer. I was running their social media. I became their lead content creator. I was like known as Alana from Hinge. Like people would come up to me in the streets and be like, oh my God, you're Alana from Hinge. Um, It was really, it became my identity. And I started a podcast there called Dating Sucks, which led to seeing other people. But it's funny you ask that. I learned so much about dating when I was working at Hinge from 
talking to users and from the research that was going on behind the scenes of how to make the app better and more impactful. But I think the biggest thing I learned that helped me with my dating life was there's this whole, not stigma around dating apps, but I think there's this whole energy out there about how much dating sucks and how like the dating apps are like ruining our lives and want to keep us on there forever. And that is a really daunting feeling and can make dating feel really impossible and really scary and really heavy. And what I learned from working at Hinge was every single person at that company was the most wonderful human being who just wanted to help people find love. Like mm -hmm. we would get together on Fridays for our weekly all hands meeting and we would read out success stories and like celebrate the babies that were being made because of the relationships that formed. And I think knowing that no, the people at this company really want you to meet somebody and get off the app and never have to use it again. Like that's what success is to them. That made me feel a little more hopeful and a little more like, oh, this doesn't have to be the end of the world. And I can use this as a tool to get to where I want to go, but it's not out to get me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it is actually, I kind of like weirdly, got the chills when you were saying like on Fridays we would read like success stories and things like that because I don't know like I get like emotionally like bonded to like love stories mm -hmm. I feel like so that hearing that that end of it is like okay because half the time I think users are like what the fuck on this app like I don't understand like how they think like these are the people that I want to see in certain things but no, it just goes to show that like there's real people behind the scenes. It's not just like technology that just, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, we're going to put like apples and oranges together. No, it's people who are actually really wanting to see success stories. I am curious because you said your your podcast name previously was Dating Sucks and yes. now it's seeing other people. I want to know how that transition happened. Did it come from you know, having such a positive experience at Hinge that you're like, wait, I don't really like resonate with this title of dating sucks. I would love to have seeing other people's names still be dating sucks. Um, I created <laughs> dating sucks. It was a Hinge podcast. So I was producing it and hosting mm -hmm. it, but it was a Hinge project. And I ended up getting let go in November of 2020. And I had so I could no longer do dating sucks, but Got I knew it. like I found this thing that I love to do that makes such an impact. And so I was like, I'm not applying to other jobs. Like I found the thing. I'm going to go make it happen on my own. And seeing other people was one of like maybe 150 names in a note on my phone that I actually didn't love, but I put it to a poll and people kept voting for it. And I was like, oh, like, I don't like this name, but I guess I'll do it. And now I can't imagine it being named anything else. Oh my God. No, I love it. I love the name. I actually have thought about how like creative that name is. Like it's not easy to come up with a title for a podcast. It's so hard. I think if I ever had to come up with the name of a band, it would be the death of me. <laughs> like I, I would spontaneously combust from indecision. I would not know what to do. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, the dating apps and Hinge and all that, like I said, you met your fiance on there, but prior to meeting him, did you have any like crazy dating stories or horror stories yourself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of horror stories. I Listen, I never went on like a comically terrible first date. I think I was good at dating, but I had a lot of pretty terrible relationship stories and relationship patterns and I got myself into 
more situationships than I could count. I let people treat me way less than I deserved. And I think the biggest thing I ran into when I was dating was I would meet these guys. I, I, I say that for half of my 20s, I dated the same guy in a different font. Mm -hmm. And every single one of those guys worked in the music industry and wanted to prioritize their career over their dating life or their personal life. And they all would go on a bunch of dates with me. And like we connected on a really deep level because I previously had worked in the music industry. And so I knew exactly what they were trying to do and things that other people wouldn't understand. Like I got, and every single time we'd get to like date six, seven or eight or nine. And a conversation would kind of come up of like, where is this going? What are we doing? And every single time without fail, they would say to me verbatim, I really like you. I love hanging out with you. We have such a great connection. I'm not looking for anything serious right now, but I'm super down to keep hanging out if you're okay with that. Every time. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, Alana at 25 years old and 24 and 23 and 26, every single time she said, oh, well, he said he likes me. So of course he doesn't know me well enough to want to commit to me yet. Like, why would he want to date me yet? Like we just met a month ago. So challenge accepted. I'm going to make them want to date me. No, no, no. Learn from my mistakes. Do not do that. If somebody is not looking for the same thing as you walk away, choose yourself. You deserve so much more. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Listen, I think we've all been there. I will say opposite of you, unlike you, I don't even let them make it to date number two, let alone date number nine. It's like first yeah. date, first date. Are we clicking or are we not all the way? Nope. Okay. Bye. I want marriage and babies. No, exactly. Out. It is so <laughs> important to talk about what you're looking for and what your intentions are Yeah. on the first date. And people are so afraid to do that. But I think talking about dating on dates is the best thing you can do. And it's yeah. the e quickest and easiest and most interesting path to actually learning about somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really, it really is. And so by the time that you met your now fiance, you probably were like, like the, the gates of heaven opened. You're like, thank you for this. Yeah. I, I was ready to not continue to break my own heart and, and get my, heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, so wait, is it true that this was like a Jonas Brothers connection? Because I feel like I heard yes. this. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to work in music was because I was absolutely obsessed with the Jonas Brothers. Every single inch of my bedroom, my walls, my ceiling, my bedding, every single thing was Jonas Brothers. And I was like bullied for being the weird Jonas Brothers girl. But I wanted to work in music because I had felt such a deep connection to them. And they had helped me through so much in my childhood that I was like, I want to help people fall in love with music the same way I did by feeling really connected to their favorite bands. And so that's what I set out to do. Obviously, it didn't end up happening that way. But I, it, the Jonas Brothers have stuck with me through my entire life. And I had a prompt in my Hinge profile, which hint, hint, put things in your dating app profiles that actually matter to you. Even if mm -hmm. you think they sound weird, somebody's going to like you for it. I had a prompt in my profile about how much I love the Jonas Brothers. And my now fiance, Jake, messaged me and said, I also love the Jonas Brothers. And we've now been to nine Jonas Brothers concerts together. We will be dancing to the Jonas Brothers as our first dance at our wedding. 
we've met the Jonas Brothers together. We were on the Kiss Cam in December at one of their concerts. It truly like brought us together and connected us. And it, it's so silly. The chills are back. First of all, <laughs> I'm obsessed with the Jonas Brothers too. So like, yes, I also was that girl poster. I didn't yeah, even yes. have paint left on my wall. Yes. I would sit out for Good Morning America like overnight. Wait, I'm freaking paint. out. Were you on Team Jonas? There was there I- like online fan club that you had to pay for. Oh, nope. I was on Miley World. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was only allowed to pay for one. <laughs> I, yes, I was on Miley World. And we did used to get like amazing tickets to yeah. like, concerts because we would have like the pre-sale thing. I was like that. That was like my era. Does anybody know your what first dance song or can I like guess or is it a secret? I don't know that it's a secret. It's what there were two we were debating between. You can guess. Okay. I'm going to guess between when you look me in the eyes and hesitate is like new vibes. You're the, am I wrong? Am I right? It's one of those. It is one of those. It's one of those. Okay. Okay. Like, you know what? Whatever. This is for the girls. I will. <laughs> let's give the girls what they want. So I want right after we kiss, like during the ceremony, I want it to explode in the bridge of love bug and go like, now I'm speaking. And then the procession, yes. be like us walking back down the aisle, going out like to that, having that like halfway down the aisle kiss moment people are like throwing rose petals on us okay so that's gonna be like iconic and then our first dance is going to be when you look me in the eyes Ah! (laughs) i'm like dying first of all i do love the love bug moment like i i think after that like big big drop like that's when like you know again full chills are back (laughs) i am obsessed with fly with me like that's my like just in love so when I went to the Jonas Brothers concert in August um that was so that was the first time that I went like in forever because I was their first like comeback like yeah you know tour whatever so when I went I made I curated like a playlist for my boyfriend because unlike yours he is not <laughs> a, a Jonas Brothers guy you gotta I train wish, him gotta put the training wheels on yeah. so I made him a playlist of like the really like good songs like for relationships you know like hesitate love bug when you look me in the eyes fly with me whatever a whole bunch of things so i think it was like 13 songs whatever and he wrote back to me fly with me is my favorite song and i was like oh keep him yeah i text him at all costs oh my god i was so happy i was like i cannot believe you just said that because like that's that's my song wait maybe i didn't even think about that ah that's gotta play at some point yeah oh my god you know how many times (laughs) that i have youtube searched or googled like fly with me wedding version like fly with me slow version because like i would i really want to try to make fetch happen here and make that my song but like it is like not really the right like beat for like a first dance song i've seen people do upbeat first dance songs though and it's fun yeah it's fun it we we have this amazing giant expensive band that we hired and we're both like yeah the band can't do that like we need them to like plug in an aux and like hit play on the actual Jonas Brothers singing it like it's so funny we keep having moments like that we're like no we need the Jonas Brothers oh my god first of all you also just like I'm getting ahead of myself here but you just made me so happy because I really want a band for my wedding I am not engaged yet 
but I really want a band for my wedding. And say, what you just said validated everything I needed to hear because I've been having like a few panic moments of like, but there's certain songs that like, I don't want a band to sing. Like I yeah. want to hear the real thing. So is that a thing they could actually play the song? The, hopefully. You're going to find out. So. Listen, more breaks for them. Why not? Yeah. They can get paid to stand there if I get that, what I want. That's what I'm thinking. Like if I want a song to be like my first dance song or yeah. even like my dance with my dad, I'm like, I don't want they do that. band they do that. to sing it. Like I want the real thing. Okay. Yeah, they will okay. do that. Good to know. Good to know. I'm going to keep that in the, in the files. Anyway, I'm so glad we just had that Jonas Brothers moment. And quite frankly, we could just scratch everything else and keep talking about the Jonas Brothers. Twist my arm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But going back to now, all right, you connect with your now fiance on Hinge. I really want to talk about this experience because this is where a lot of girls, like they lose it. Like they don't really get to pursue and further a relationship because of all these rules and different things that come to be with dating and like you said stigmas and dating sucks and whatnot so I feel like when it comes to dating dating apps or just dating in general like I said there are so many rules on what to do or even worse like what not to do what is your take on all of that how did you really succeed in finding this relationship through the dating app I think I spent so much time when I was single trying to follow these rules and do what my friends were doing or do what an influencer was saying was the right way to date. And I kept finding myself feeling really uncomfortable when I would make those decisions or I would say something that somebody else would tell me to say. I would write something that someone else would tell me to write and I would like feel it in my gut like this is not authentic to Alana. Mm -hmm. This is not who I am, but they're saying like, this is the right way to do it. So I guess like, let's do the right way. Cause what I, the decisions I've made haven't gotten me very far, but I've learned. And similarly to, you just talked about this in your social media episode. It really like, you cannot do what someone else is doing just because they're making it sound cool. Or they're saying, well, this is what worked for me because guess what? We're all different people. You and I have had completely different relationship experiences, dating experiences, friendship experiences, life experiences, and all of those impact how we connect with other people, how we build trust, how we peel back our own layers and open up and feel comfortable and safe with somebody. And so what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. It's what works for you isn't necessarily going to work for the eight girls in your group chat or for your favorite influencer. And so I think the biggest thing I learned and what helped me find success was leaning into wholeheartedly dating in a way that felt authentic to me. And that was not following dating rules. That was saying, it's okay. If I want to text somebody first, I can text them first. If I want to confirm the date because it's five o'clock and I haven't heard from them, I don't want to sit here with this pit of anxiety in my stomach anymore, waiting for them, just staring at my phone every time it buzzes, being like, is it them? Are they going to finally confirm Mm -hmm. when guess what? I'm fully capable of picking up the phone and writing a text saying, hey, are we still on for tonight? And I chose to take my dating life into my own hands instead of sitting back and letting dating happen to me. And I think that completely changed the way I felt about dating, the way I approached every day, and is absolutely the reason that I am now engaged and getting married to my best friend in the world and somebody that I feel so safe and comfortable and joyful with. Wow. Wow. First of all, it is so true. And I even personally have 
not to say like mixed feelings, but like back and forth. There's so many times where I put out a video or a podcast episode where I literally say, I'm like, I don't know how many ways to make this disclaimer, like do what works for you. Like, because, you know, I give advice and, and I, I do believe, you know, for at least for me that like when I have this certain set of standards, there's certain things that I just won't allow. And so in dating, those would be my rules. Now, when I say that in the videos and then girls follow up with like, what do I do about this? Or what do I say about that? I'm like, but what do you want to do? Like, you have to trust yourself. Like I could tell you what I would do. Absolutely. But if that's not what clicks with you, like, so I feel like I'm always constantly trying to like come from a grounded place too and say like, but you a hundred percent of the time have to make choices based on, you know, how you feel and just what works for you. And I think that you talk a lot about like feeling safe and secure. All of that is extremely, extremely important. And so, so many girls, instead of trusting themselves and really leaning into that, like safety and security, they go to their friends. Like you just said, like what somebody else says to say or what somebody else says to do. So what is your take on that, on people just not even making their own decisions in dating and more or less just like relying on the group chat? Spring is coming. The sun is setting later and later each day. And I just did a massive spring cleaning to reset starting in the kitchen with my caraway cookware. I just got all my pots and pans reorganized and I'm getting all my new recipes together to ease out of those winter dinners. There's no better feeling than a fresh start. With so many collections to explore, there's sure to be a caraway for every kind of cook. I now have a white and a black ceramic set. There is even stainless steel, squareware, and bakeware too. And all sets come with complimentary, easy access storage solutions to keep the kitchen tidy. I had some empty space in the corner of my kitchen counter, so I just stacked one of my caraway sets with the organizers and the aesthetic is just chef's kiss. No pun intended. And not only do they fit perfectly in my kitchen, but they're non-toxic, so they fit my healthy lifestyle habits too. So visit carawayhome.com slash for the girls to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash for the girls or use code for the girls at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Girls, did you know nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? I'd say most of us are guilty of being in that percentage. And sometimes it's not even easy to cancel those subscriptions that you do remember because a company makes you jump through hoops to find the cancellation button. Thanks to Rocket Money, you'll see just how many subscriptions you're paying for each month and they'll make it that much easier for you to cancel too. Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never ending. But now I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about or letting them linger because it's too time consuming to cancel. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. It's all about the convenience for me. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, giving me a clear view of my expenses, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money helps me cancel. And if you don't want to cancel, Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash for the girls. 
That's rocketmoney.com slash for the girls. Rocketmoney.com slash for the girls. It's so hard. And I get it. And I've done it. And we want validation. We want to know that people think we're making good choices. But you have to realize that, first of all, if you're asking eight people or even three people, for their opinion, everyone might have a different opinion, which is only going to confuse you more and make you even less confident in whatever mm. decision you go with. And then you might have regrets and you might think, oh, well, what if I said that? Or what if I had played it cool instead of asking them out or instead of following up? And that's the problem with getting so many opinions. And that's honestly the problem with social media <laughs> and mm -hmm. following so many different people and trying to take in all of the advice and all of the do this, don't do that. Like, this is the way you have to do it. That's the way you can't do it. Or this is the only way to find your person, et cetera, et cetera. But I think here's the thing. I think really the more you know yourself and the more you trust yourself, that's going to be your biggest power or like your secret weapon. And that's a really hard thing to do, but it's just paying attention to what feels good. Like, learning who you are is not that deep. It's like, what do I enjoy? <laughs> what makes me feel good? What doesn't feel good? And also learning from experiences that you have. So let's say you waited around for some, for, okay. So my first day with Jake, let's say you waited around until five o'clock and he never confirmed the date. And so you were like, okay, you know what? Like this doesn't fly with me. I, because XYZ person said they have to confirm the date by 12. So I'm going to cancel and tell him that I made other plans because I didn't hear from him. And let's say you get a response from them being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I had a really busy day at work. Like was really excited for tonight. Totally understand. Like we can do it another time. And then you feel shitty about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Take note that you feel shitty that you listened to what somebody said and tried that out. And it's okay that you tried that out, but just know that, hey, okay, maybe I didn't I should have waited or I could have just said, hey, are you still good for tonight? Instead of jumping to that conclusion, taking that action. And then next time you can just confirm or just ask if they're still on. So I think it's a matter of trial and error, but really paying attention to how things make you feel is what's going to help you figure out what is right and wrong. And I think the other thing that I would really encourage people to do is don't overthink dating so much. Like, Trust me, I was the queen of overthinking and spiraling and driving my own anxiety like into the freaking ground and off the roof. Like it can be so stressful, but it doesn't have to be. And the advice I would give to my younger self is just text these people, talk to these people as if you were talking to your best friend. And you don't have to ask your whole group chat, hey, how should I respond to Allie? Because you know how you would respond to Allie because you and Allie have been friends forever. And in theory, this person would end up becoming your best friend. So just treat them as a friend and don't overthink every single thing you're going to say and just send the text. Wow. I love that's actually such, I think what a lot of people I just said, I just started three different sentences at once, by the way. That, that's how much you just said that just my mind went in five different places. I, I tend to like talk too much that there's so much to respond <laughs> <No>. to. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm a rambler, so I love it. But I think that what people forget in dating is that like the person on the other's like line is also just a person, right? Like, yes. And we're all doing this for the first time. Like, 
And I don't necessarily mean dating for the first time, but we're all experiencing each other for the first time. So like, it's just as much your first time talking to me as it is my first time talking to you. So like, I don't necessarily need to feel like anxious and crazy speaking to you as if you've talked to me 500 times before. No, it's equally your first experience with me. So we're genuinely just human beings communicating with each other. And you have no problem walking into a store and communicating with the person at the store, or like you said, talking to your best friend, or even like your classmates, your coworkers, your teachers, like you're communicating with human beings on a different level, like on, on all different levels every single day. Then when it comes down to someone you just happen to meet through a dating app, it's like our brain turns into mush. Like, yeah. I don't know how to speak to anybody. Yeah. And we put so much pressure on, well, this has to work. And we've already tried on their last names with our first names and they've sounded good. So we're like, okay, this is the one I'm so sick of dating. I never want to go on a first date again. This has to be my last first date. I have to do everything perfectly, but nobody's perfect. Like, first of all, you're not perfect. You're not expecting them to be perfect, but yeah, stop putting people you've never met or have met once or twice or three times on a pedestal because, and I actually think that this is really important for girls to hear I have men, guys, boys, whatever you want to call them on my podcast all the time. And I have a lot of male listeners and you guys, they are just as anxious as we are. They are just as nervous. They really want to find their person too. They're overthinking also like we need to stop being like that guy is the coolest guy on the planet who has no fears and no stresses and no worries. And I need them to like, no, they're just as anxious. They're just as excited to meet you. And they also like guys get their hearts broken too. Guys struggle in dating too. We need to stop looking at guys as these like invincible, untouchable things that we need to win over. Mm -hmm. I actually have a good like tidbit to add in here too. Speaking of anxiousness and whatnot, especially, you know, in those, whether it's like the first date, like just the early dating stages, you know, with my now boyfriend, um, he, okay. So when we got set up, it was of course already after the fact that I had, I did have years of like going on dating apps and I did go out with all different guys and, you know, first dates, some second, but like, I rarely even ever went on like third or fourth, fourth dates, because like, if I just knew this wasn't going to be the guy I married and like I just really didn't waste any further time but after like one or two dates like there's always that like little bit of disappointment or little like feelings that you know kind of rewire your brain to become so used to disappointment or bailing or not hearing from someone like you mentioned like you know it's five o'clock on the day of like a date you have planned at seven o'clock and you still haven't heard from somebody like I, I had gone through so much of that before that by the time that I met my now boyfriend, that was kind of programmed in my head. So I was a bit of an anxious dater myself. And so what I had to do to like get out of that was tell myself, and mind you, this is not going to apply to everybody if somebody doesn't make you feel 100% safe and secure, but you'll relate yes. because your fiance does. But for me, like I had to tell myself, he's never given me a reason to feel this way. He's never made me doubt him. Meaning like, okay, every time we had plans, he never canceled. He always confirmed. He always followed up. He was always on time. He was never late. He never made me feel like he didn't want to go. He always was looking forward to it, confirmed, picked me up on time, the whole thing. Like everything was always consistent and a positive experience. So say that it's like the third date 
because this was like genuinely what I was going through. And I didn't, and it's like four o'clock. It's say we, he, you know, text me good morning, whatever. And then the whole afternoon, I didn't hear from him. And it's four o'clock. And I'm like, my mind. Where is he? Is he dead? Yeah. Does he hate me? Is it over? My mind would instantly go to Every the time. fact that we're off. My mind yep. was like, he's bailing. Like, I, I hate that guys are like this. He's bailing. He could have just told me, blah, blah, blah. And then he would literally text me. Oh my God, I just got out of work. Uh, you know, uh, it was, my phone was in my work truck all day, like blah, blah, blah. I left my phone in my work truck during lunch and, you know, I just got back in the car and now I'm like, oh, like, and then you feel so silly for like how worked up you get over it or how anxious you get over it. And some of us naturally maybe have a little bit of anxiety. So maybe um, that does come very naturally to us. However, I also think we can reprogram the reprogramming that's already happened we can like deprogram we can unprogram we can unlearn certain things and that's what I would do I would just tell myself at that time like but he's never given me a reason to doubt him or he's never given me a reason to feel this way trust that trust his consistent consistency trust his actions like trust the fact that like he always shows up and that was what I would do do you have any like certain tips or whatnot that you could say helped you transform from an anxious dater to someone in a, you know, secure relationship. Absolutely. And and I love everything you just said. I think that was a huge part of my transformation too. And, you know, sometimes it's easy to do it on your own and other times it's not. And I, as you were explaining it, I, it just took me back to like conversations I would have with one of my best friends, Sarah, where we would take turns kind of when we were in a situation saying to each other, like, you know, I, I haven't heard from him, like what's going on. Do we think it's over? And we didn't, the, what I want to emphasize is like, this was me and one person choosing to make each other a person for this. It wasn't every single time I'm not hearing from him. I'm going to text five different friends to just talk everyone's ears off and vent and feel heard and, you know, have it occupy my mind even more. Cause I think that's actually like a bad thing to do because then you're hyping it up even more. You're talking about it more. It's all you can think about. But I had this one friend where we would be able to kind of ground each other in the fact that exactly what you said, it's like, well, he's never bailed on you before. He's always ended up following up. Like you knew this was going to be a busy week at work. You have no reason not to trust him. He's never given you any reason. And so having one friend to confide in and kind of put you, not put you in your place, but remind you like, and shake you and be like, Hey, like everything's actually okay. You panicked last week. The same thing happened and you had the best night ever with him. So I think that was really helpful. Another thing is realizing, because also like similar to you, like I had bad experiences that made me think, well, now every experience is going to be like this, but Mm -hmm. I had been cheated on. And so that really messed with my head and brought out more anxiety than I ever knew was possible in this little brain up here or big brain. Um, And so I, anytime I would not hear from somebody that I was interested in on a Thursday, Friday or Saturday night, if I didn't hear from them for like five minutes, even my immediate gut thought was, well, this person's with another girl. They're on a date. They're hooking up with somebody because they're not answering me. And because that's what was happening when I was being cheated on. And I would, you know, go sleep over at a guy's place and I would see a hair on the pillow and I'd be like, is that my hair? I don't know if that's my strand of hair or not. I'd be like comparing it to the color of my hair. And there's like, <laughs> it's like 50 shades of brown in here. Like, I, you know, but it it was really hard for me to trust people and to trust myself and my gut. And what I had to learn over time was 
I'm walking into a dating situation or a relationship or a situationship even, I'm walking in there assuming and hoping that this person's given me a clean slate and is going to take everything I say and do at face value and not put their past experiences and the girls who have screwed them over before, they're not going to like put that onto me. They're letting me be me. And so why should I do anything different? Like just because one guy did something to me doesn't mean that every single other guy in the world is going to do that. And until this person gives me a reason not to trust them, yeah, I could have my guard up, but I should trust what they say and not immediately be like, oh, they're not responding to me for 10 minutes jail. Like they're cheating on me because that's not fair to them. You know, we're hoping that people give us a clean slate when we go out with them. We should be giving them one too. And I think another thing, even when I did meet Jake and we started seeing each other and we were even like boyfriend and girlfriend at this point, I remember feeling like this is too good to be true. This is going so well. Something bad's about to happen. And I spent probably the first like six, seven, eight, nine months of our relationship just waiting for the other shoe to drop mm. because that's all I knew. And you can't like you can't live your life like that. Sometimes things will work out. And that's not to say everything is perfect in our relationship and our lives, but sometimes things actually will work and you have to trust in that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I know I'd always squeeze in a nap when I could, but what about you? Exercise, calling your parents, finishing that book you started. We're always wishing we had more time, but do we know what for? If time was unlimited, how would you spend it? The key to being able to answer that question is to know what's important to you and prioritize it. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can make more time for it. And that's what BetterHelp is here for. BetterHelp can help guide you through all of life's challenges and encourage you to become the best version of yourself. Therapy doesn't only have to be for those who've experienced major trauma. It can even be just figuring out what matters most to you in life. If you're thinking of starting therapy, BetterHelp is the perfect place to start. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient and flexible. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And best of all, you can actually switch therapists anytime for no additional charge if you feel like you want to find someone better suited for you. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash ForTheGirls today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ForTheGirls. We're all girls here, so I think it's safe to say we all agree that we mostly look forward to going home every day simply so we could take our bras off. We wear bras because we have to, not because we want to. But today's sponsor, Honey Love, just might be the thing that changes that for you. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that make you sweat. Honey Love has started a revolution of bras you actually want to wear. Their bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire altogether without sacrificing lift. Plus, they're made with fabric that's so soft, it'll feel like a second skin and you'll forget you're even wearing it. For a limited time, only you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash for the girls. Support my show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash for the girls. 
I personally started wearing Honey Love over the summer and was in shock of how comfortable I felt in their bra and shapewear. I'm a huge shapewear girly, especially for special occasions like a wedding to wear under a dress. And sometimes they're just so uncomfortable, too tight. They roll down, they roll up and end up becoming more of a burden than anything else. But I felt so confident wearing Honey Love. It was a totally new experience for me. And now I swear by them. So treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash for the girls. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash for the girls. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I've been doing a huge spring cleaning wardrobe reset so I know I'd use the money I got from earning on my shopping spree. I think according to girl math that would somehow make this like a free shopping spree. I don't know. I don't make the rules. But make earning a part of your financial routine and join earn in's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earn in, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download earn in today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the earn in app, type in for the girls under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. For the girls under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, daily max and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Yeah, sometimes things just actually work out. <laughs> like Crazy. Crazy, right? Yeah. What a concept. The things that we want to happen can actually happen. Yeah, no, it, it's so true. And I love, you know, how you phrase that and how, how you put that into perspective, because I think a lot of girls get so used to the letdown and so used to the disappointment that when things are going right, they get like imposter syndrome. And I think that I dealt with that myself as well. After, you know, I was single all of my twenties. I literally had boyfriends in high school. And then after that, never had a serious relationship, like never had a committed relationship. I dated guys. I had like short-term things like Yeah, I was exclusive, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. with guys. And there was like some minor commitment there, but never like the real title, never like progressing and being, you know, intertwining our lives. You know, it was like we had two separate lives and then we also like had each other, but we never like actually became a union. Like we never like, you know, connected in that way. And it would last maybe three, five, six months, seven months. But like that was really that. So when you have those experiences back to back to back to back and no serious commitment, no like true um, growth in a relationship and then you get into one, like that could really create like something in your head, like that imposter syndrome of like, like you said, waiting for the other shoe to drop, like, all right, when is this going to stop working out? And then at some point it just becomes nine months and 10 months and then in a year, then you're like, wait, like, yep. This is happening. Like, this is really a thing. Um, 
And I would say that is probably the best feeling. Like that's to know that like, oh, I don't have to suffer. Like I don't have to constantly experience like such negativities and low lows. Like I can actually experience like the good stuff and the highs. Like that, that is why you keep dating to look forward to that. Like that is why you keep going. Even when things might seem hard or confusing, like just know that that's on the other end of all of it. And it's, it really is like the best feeling. Yeah. A hundred percent. And enjoy it. Like Mm -hmm. even when you're questioning yourself, even when you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, even when you're having doubts of like, could this really be as good as it is? Let yourself enjoy it. Dating, Mm -hmm. falling in love, forming a relationship with someone. These are such incredible things that we get to do where if you think about it, like dating is actually a new thing in human history where like this time, a hundred years ago, or even like 80 years ago, 70 years ago, people weren't dating. They would just meet somebody or even in some cultures, you don't get to fall in love. You're just told you're going to marry this person and you've never even met them before, or you've met them once, you know nothing about them, but you're being told this is who you're going to be with, or it makes sense for the two of you to be together. So suddenly you're together. We get to actually date, meet so many different people, learn about ourselves in the process, try new activities, go new places, laugh so much and have fun with it where we get to choose like, oh, I do want to continue getting to know this person because I feel great when I'm with them and Mm -hmm. it's so exciting and I look forward to seeing them again. And we get to keep doing that until we find the person that it actually works with and we both feel like, wow, we could build this relationship. And Mm -hmm. it's just so cool and special when you think about the fact that we get to do that. Dating shouldn't be like, oh, I have to date even though I'm miserable right now because I need to date so I can find my person, not be alone forever. Like, no, we get to date. We get to have these experiences. We get to find somebody that we can't imagine our lives without. And sometimes it takes longer than we want, but in hindsight, there's always a reason why it didn't work out with that person that you swore it should have worked out with. And like you will end up with the person you're supposed to end up with at the time that you're supposed to meet them. And it doesn't have to be this terrible, horrible weight on our shoulders. Like it really just should be fun and mm-hmm. special. I absolutely love that. And I think especially the early stages of dating, which everybody dreads that first date, that second date, that really, we really need to approach that with a much more positive mindset. And I love your take on like making it fun. So how would you say that girls can approach, you know, that first date with a more like fun, you know, mindset involved? Yeah. I love that you're hitting on mindset because I think it, first of all, a lot of it is about mindset. It's you know, making sure you have the right pump up playlist or the friend you call that, you know, is going to put you in a good mood when you're walking to the date. I did both those. I would always listen to music. Like I literally had like a pre-date playlist on my Spotify that I would listen to when I was on the subway. And then as I would get out of the subway and I'd have like a five minute walk to the place, I would call Christina and I'd be like, Christina, tell me it's going to be okay. She's like, Alana, don't be nervous. Like you're always nervous. And it always ends up being so fun. You call me or text me after being like, that was the best. Like, it's going to be great. You're going to be great. And you look great. Like you feel great, you know? So whether it's a pump up playlist or a friend, or maybe it's taking a bath before to put you in a relaxed mood, I think start off. Like you don't want to rush from a meeting at work or a presentation right to the date, because then you're still in work mode. You're still in like high stress mode. You want to put yourself into like relax, 
have a good time mode. So I think that is really important to just set the stage of like turning your brain to, okay, we're going to enjoy ourselves now. And then I think whether it's making sure that the actual date itself is at a place. And yes, this means you might have to make a suggestion or mm-hmm. assist in making the date plan. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do everything. You can take initiative too. But whether it's going to a place that maybe there's a new cocktail bar in your neighborhood that you've been really excited to check out, go to that place. Maybe there's a drink that you haven't tried before. Try that drink. Maybe you've never talked to somebody on a date about this thing that you did in seventh grade, that was really embarrassing. Like trying new things on dates is a great way to come out of the date, whether the date is positive or a negative experience, you still come out of the date overall, having learned something, having tried something new, having gained something. And I really like to encourage people to think about dating and a bad date, not as a waste of time, because you still learned there's something about the person that you didn't like, or you don't see vibing with the lifestyle that you want, or you still got to like, maybe the date wasn't good, but you still got to try a new place or you crossed a food item at a restaurant that you've been to before, but you never tried that thing. And you really wanted that dish. You crossed that off the list. So even if the date doesn't go well, there's still so much to take out of dating and to take into your next dating experience. And so I really encourage everybody to think of dating not as a good date or a bad date, but to after the date reflect and say, like, what was the win of this date? What Mm -hmm. win can I take away? And you will realize that there are dating wins everywhere Mm -hmm. in dating, even on the worst of dates. Yeah. Wow. We are so aligned. One thing that I do with my coaching clients after the weekend, like on Mondays, I do check-ins and I'll ask them, of the weekend, what is your win or your lesson? And it's there's no such thing as a loss. Like there's no such thing as a fail. It's like your win or a lesson, meaning like, okay, you could have had something really, really, really positive, great, fun happen, or maybe something not so great happened. But instead of looking at it from the lens of like, this was a fail, it's like, well, what did you get out of it? Because ultimately you had to learn something from it. And so I think that like, even if you're fighting with your boyfriend, it could be like, you know, I learned this weekend, like, how much more I need to like tap into my patience, like certain things of that sort. It's like you could find the positive in the negative. And I think with dating, you have to be able to see it like from that way. Otherwise, you're going to think like I've wasted so much time. Mm-hmm. And for me, like it was really easy for me to think negatively and feel like I wasted so much time on all these dates. Like by the time that I met my boyfriend, like we didn't meet through a dating app. And so there were definitely times where I'm like, I can't believe how much time I wasted on dating apps and blah, blah, blah. But like, ultimately all of that taught me and prepped me and helped me. Like by the time that I, you know, met him, like, I feel like all of those quote unquote, like bad dates taught me like everything like of what what works for me what doesn't work for me what feels right for me what doesn't feel right for me so it's almost like you have to do it even just for practice (laughs) you know like just just, this is like rehearsal for when you meet your guy (laughs) absolutely like think about it you can't just show up on race day and run a marathon Mm -hmm. you have to train for that marathon for weeks months sometimes years you might try to run a marathon and fail not fail, but you might not make it across the finish line, but at least you tried. You might sign up for a 5K at first or a 10K or a half and realize, okay, maybe I wasn't ready for that. I'm going to go back to the drawing board. Maybe I need to do more strength training this time instead of just running. 
there's so much that you pick up along the way and there's trial and error and there's learning from your mistakes and there's trying again with certain people even. And even if it doesn't work out, it's all a part of your journey and it Mm -hmm. all is leading you to where you will end up. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So we have two things to wrap this up with. One, we have a Dear Victoria submission, which I'm really excited to get into with you. But last, I just want to get one little like last final piece of juicy advice, some insight, whether it be, you know, and you decide. So whether it be what's the most common mistake that people make in dating or what's one thing that you wish people knew about or did more of in dating. So what would you say your your final like, Hurrah comes to mind uh, that you can help the girls out with today. And then we'll get into the Dear Victoria submission. Stop making assumptions. We think that that person can read our minds and that they know exactly what we want when we want it. We think that they know that we want to be communicated to an X way. And if they're not doing it, well, they're lazy or they're not serious. They just don't care. Or if they're not bringing you flowers, if they're not you know, confirming the date in the morning, if they're not texting you between dates, well, it's because they don't want to. They don't know that you don't, they they don't know that you want them to. Mm-hmm. We need to stop assuming that the person on the other side of our dating situation can read our minds because we can't read their minds. And the only way they're going to know what we want and what we need is to communicate that. And it's okay to communicate your needs. Having needs doesn't make you needy. And if it does, well, then we're all needy because we all have needs and we all need to feel more comfortable. We need to force ourselves to be comfortable in sharing that because the basis of any relationship is communication. And if you're just going to sit there and assume all day long that this person knows exactly what you want and what you need and what's on your mind, you're never going to get into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love that. I have podcast episodes talking about that, TikToks talking about that. Like that is one of my biggest things is communication. And I will say like I pride myself on being a good communicator or even even if you don't want to say a good communicator, a direct communicator. Some people might say they don't like the way I communicate. But in my in my mind, like I'm like at at least I make it clear like what works for me, what doesn't. Like I always make sure to put it out there. Um, even aside from just like relationships and dating, I, I just think that like, like you said, people are not mind readers, but also what people have to, what a lot of girls who are dating need to understand is that everyone has different values, different morals, different love languages, which is a whole yes. other topic. Um, like you said, different needs, different standards, different desires, different wants. Like, so, you know, you might connect with somebody and be like, he's all great, this and that, but say, say, like you said, he doesn't, you know, get you flowers or whatnot. You need to express then that like gift giving and that thoughtfulness, that's a love language for you. Mm -hmm. And to receive in that way, you know, that really like tickles your fancy, you know, like that's like a love language that's very important to you. And, and everybody has their own thing, but they're real. They're not going to know unless you give them a little bit of guidance, you know, it's, it, it doesn't, not only does it not make you needy, but I think it doesn't make you, uh, it's a, you're not asking for anything that's too much. It's just, no. you, you know what feels right in your heart. And so you're simply asking for like your heart to feel good. You know, you just want to feel that safety and security, like you mentioned so much in, throughout the episode. Yeah. And ex- I love that you brought up love languages because if you think about it, like 
we, this person might not be bringing you flowers because maybe they brought their ex flowers and their ex actually really didn't like getting flowers or maybe their ex's love language is words of affirmation. So they're giving you all these words of affirmation and repeatedly telling you how much they like you. And you feel uncomfortable by that. You're not used to that. You don't like it. And you're getting the ick. They don't know that. They don't know that that's not something that you want. Like you have to share these things. You have to be open. You have to ask them how they want to be loved and how they want to be treated too. It's like, we, we got to stop making (laughs) things up and being like, well, this person did this or didn't do this. So they're not it, or this won't work. Like you have to give people the opportunity to show up for you in the way that you need. Yeah. Men are not mind readers. They are certainly not. Um, I say that all the time. Not to go off on another tangent, but like one thing that's always just kind of like annoyed me with what like girls like email me or comment me on TikTok and tell me is like when they, um, let's use um, splitting the bill on the first date, when they offer something and a guy takes the offer and then they're like, jail annoyed yeah Yeah. and I'm like well you offered like did Mm -hmm. you think like were you playing a game were you setting him up like were you just testing him to see like if he would say no because you know you didn't have to offer if you didn't want him to do it so why test him you know guys are so such simple creatures he probably was like sure like what a nice offer she wanted to so yeah like what a nice offer sure of course because what it like you know I recently had a conversation with someone, Jordana Drazen. Um, she's the Daily Schwitz on social, if you guys know her. But she had said that with her now boyfriend, Jack, their first date, they were friends before. So she went into their date. They She didn't know if it was a date. She's like, okay, if he pays, like I'm going to offer to pay. But if he says no and he pays, then this is a date. If he allows me to split the bill, then this is not a date. And he was there thinking, well, if she offers to pay, then this isn't a date. If she doesn't (laughs) offer to pay, then this is a date. And so she offered to pay. He said yes. And they both spent the rest of like uh, like a few weeks and months thinking, oh, well, that wasn't a date, even though they both really liked each other. Against each other. Yeah. So you never know. Like you just got to communicate and like ask questions and stop trying to play it like a game. Like dating is not a game. And if you're playing it, you're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of all of that, communication and whatnot that's perfect to segue into the dear victoria segment because that's what this is all about so for those of you listening who don't know i take submissions from listeners you can email me it is victoria.forthegirlspodcast at gmail.com just make sure that you make the subject say dear victoria and you could send something that you need need advice on or just like a general topic that you want me to get into, whatever is on your mind at the moment. And I'm going to have Alana answer the one that I just got recently because I thought this was a perfect one for our relationship expert here. So it says, I'm over the moon with my boyfriend of just over a year. We have learned so much from one another. We continue to grow together, but I am worried about one of my boyfriend's friends and I just feel like he's a bad influence despite him having a wife and baby. I feel like he's still very much immature and not the kind of man that I would like to be surrounded by. The way that he talks about other people derogatorily, name calling, staying up late. He plays video games all night instead of helping his wife with the baby. So this girl's boyfriend and this guy keep in touch over social media and they play video games with each other since they live across the country. So they are not local to each other. They're not going out on Friday night. 
When we first started dating, my boyfriend opened a DM from this friend and it was an image of a woman's bosom, which I think that's boobies, right? <laughs> bosom in a bra. My boyfriend obviously didn't think that that's what it would be. So when he opened it in front of me, we saw that and it was just all around uncomfortable. And, you know, um, I told him to tell his friend to stop sending things like that. And he said that he would. Fast forward, now a year later, he opened another DM from this friend while we were sitting in bed together. So she saw this one as well. And it was a thirst trap video of Dua Lipa. It wasn't like it was that bad of a video, but it brought back those feelings of what happened last time. And it rubbed me the wrong way because it told me either one, he never told his friend to stop sending those things like he said he would, or two, he did tell him, but the friend just simply does not care. My boyfriend's reaction was uh, apologetic, I didn't find the means to be angry with him since it wasn't his fault. He didn't know that he was going to get it. But to me, um, a person with BPD and learning to be less reactive and less jealous feels like there is something more that I need to say or do. I already told my boyfriend that the company a person keeps is telling of their character. And now, you know, I strongly dislike his friend, but I can't make them stop being friends because that's so controlling and wrong. So is there anything that I can really say or do at this point? Do I just need to put on my big girl pants and work on my confidence? Okay. I, you read that really well. I think what I would say is first and foremost, like this isn't something that your boyfriend directly is doing. Like he is not making these actions. It sounds like his friend is a really big loser. It also doesn't sound like they're that close great. They live across the country. They don't see each other. They're just like passive friends that DM sometimes and play video games. So that's like the best case scenario for this type of situation where there's a friend that you don't like, or you don't feel like they're a good role model or or could potentially be a bad influence. I think you, this person mentioned that they're working on being less reactive. And I think what would be important, because obviously this is bothering you. I'm not going to say like, don't worry about it or just brush it off. It's no big deal because it's a big deal to you. And I want to make sure you feel validated because if it's bothering you, then it matters. And I'm sure that your boyfriend would also feel the same way. Like he wants to know what's going on in your mind and and what you're upset about. You have to work through things together. What I would say is bring it up, but in a way where you can say something like, listen, I don't want this to be a huge thing, but it has been on my mind. And so I feel like I should bring it up and I'm trying to kind of process how I feel about it. And I don't want to be like attacking you in this because I'm not, but I do feel really uncomfortable about the DMs that Joe was sending you. And I know I brought it up to you the first time it happened and you said you would talk to him about it. I trust that you did, but it's a little upsetting that he hasn't changed his behavior, that he's still sending them. I I'm the, I don't want to accuse you of anything or say that you can't be friends with this person because that's not my place, but I just wanted to express that it does make me feel uncomfortable. And like, can we talk about maybe what we can do about that together and approaching it as not like you versus him, but it's the two of you versus the problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is that you feel uncomfortable about his friend's actions and behavior. Okay. And so he, first of all, needs to know that because he probably has no idea. And Second of all, it's working on a solution together. Maybe he just won't open the DMs from his friend anymore, you know, because maybe he did say, hey, Joe, stop sending me those. It's like weird or I don't want them. And Joe doesn't care or Joe's not thinking into it much. So Joe's still doing it. I think recognizing like the situation could be way worse. Like it's not your boyfriend. 
liking these or following all these accounts. Um, this person, Joe doesn't live right next to you guys. It's not like you're hanging out all the time and he's surrounded by this bad behavior, but it is still something that is bothering you. So it is important to talk about. I don't think there's, I don't think your relationship is broken. I don't think this is going to turn into a huge fight, but I do think just having an honest conversation about how it makes you feel and maybe figuring out why it makes you feel that way too. And and talking through that with them could be helpful. Yeah. I mean, I think the one trait that I think is going to be really important in your boyfriend to have here is to be just considerate, you know, to have consideration. Uh, And if he has that, then this should be an easy problem to solve because I don't think it will be as simple as like she says at the end, like maybe I should just put on my big girl pants and be more confident in myself. I don't think that the problem is that like Dua Lipa makes you feel insecure. You know, like that's not, that's not the issue at hand. The issue is that like, it makes you uncomfortable that photos or videos of any woman is being sent to your boyfriend with clearly not the best of intentions, because I would hope that my husband and father of my children is not sending for like this girl probably doesn't even know that her husband does that or if she does I mean I I don't know but like I would hope that my partner isn't gonna be the one doing that so the fact of the matter is like something really uncomfortable is happening on one end and it's being sent to your your partner and if you can even express to him your own, your own, like, like Alana just said, figure out why it makes you feel that way. So if you could clearly articulate and express to him why it makes you feel that way, then if he is, like I said, a considerate person, then he'll be able to take that into consideration, take your feelings mm-hmm. into consideration and say, yeah, like that is unacceptable. And I have to put an end to it, whether it be I put an end to the friendship, or I put an end to what he's doing, like maybe they'll stay friends, because for some reason, guys stay friends, literally for all of their life, they literally, they literally come out of the womb, Weird. and then they get buried under the ground together. Girls, Bizarre. different story. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're out. Like, Guys, guys will never end their friendships. It is the weirdest no. thing I've ever seen. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, I digress. Um, they probably won't end up being friends, but at least maybe they'll be a little bit more distant. Like you won't really, you know, have social media, like DM relationship with him anymore. I don't know. Whatever the case is, I think he should be able to put an end to it. But you have to be sure to articulate it clearly. Don't, don't step into that insecurity like mindset where then you start playing like the victim and you're getting like agitated and angry and mad and yelling like as long as you don't do it in that way and you just communicate like an adult like Alana just said it's you two versus the problem not you versus him that's a very big different like thing to differentiate like it should be you two together not you being mad at him and I think that she also said that in the email that she wasn't mad at him because it's not necessarily him doing it but just Remind yourself that this problem has a solution. That's what's always the most important thing. It's not like he's cheating because that's a problem that does not have a solution. But this problem has a solution. And it's not the end of the world. And I think I I have a feeling because I'm trying to picture of this where like Jake and his friends, I have a feeling what is most likely to happen is you bring this up and you express like that you're uncomfortable and why it makes you uncomfortable. He's probably going to be like, oh, like I didn't. I, I don't he sends me this shit all the time. I don't think twice about it. Like yeah. I literally don't care to see these pictures. He sends them to me like I'm looking at it for 0.5 seconds and then I'm yeah. not thinking about it again. Like it's just like so passive. And yeah. I think hearing that that doesn't excuse the fact that it makes you uncomfortable and like the whole situation. But I think that just might calm you down. And, and that is my hunch. Like 
boys will be boys, but like he's pro he probably literally does not care about it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely not like sitting there in bed thinking about like Dua Lipa. Like, yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and you know what? I have friends whose boyfriends or fiancés, I know that they are and they like embrace them for that. <laughs> They're like, you know what? Like Dua's a great one. Like I'm all in. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy him tickets to the concert. <laughs> Seriously. All right, good. I think that was amazing. Alana, this was so much fun. Where can the girls find you and connect with you and all the things? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And also stay tuned because Victoria is coming on seeing other people and yes. that episode is going to be a must listen. So you can listen to seeing other people and life in progress wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow on Instagram at seeing other people. You can follow me at Alana Dunn and you can follow life in progress at it's life in progress. If you want Thank to find you. me, I can be found. <laughs> <laughs> it is not hard to find me. Thank you so much Thank for this. You. This was this amazing. Was so fun. And that is all we have for today, girls. So like she said, be sure to tune in to Seeing Other People because my interview will be out shortly. And that's it. So until next time, girls. <laughs>